today in the year of our Lord, 2022. We have another episode of You're Already Accepted, a community rewatch, but it's just not another episode of You're Already Accepted, a community rewatch. We are live for our show. I'm joined as always. My name's Jonathan. That's Ethan. And now we got Christian. Hey, Let's what's go. up, everybody? <laughs> Okay, a triple threat. I know, true. We, is this a triple threat match? <laughs> the title is on the line. <laughs> and let's get into it. For me, it was uh, just like first how it, how it opened. I always, always just like love the campus that they use, whatever, whatever campus it is in California. But And uh, Andy, Andy's passing those things out. Like, catch knowledge. And then um, Sabrina, the secretary. <laughs> Secretary is a little degrading to women. I help the I help the dean do offseat things. Oh, gender saved. <laughs> and then um, I, this is kind of more of a deeper, like kind of bigger scene. But any speech on like her adulthood or like her maybe lack of adulthood, I thought it was kind of interesting because like I remember kind of like sitting there and thinking about there's always like these markers, especially in America and like, really every culture everywhere of like what it means to be an adult, like this kind of coming of age thing, and it's like. I know for myself, it's like, at least when I think about like Americans, like us, like it's like, okay, you know, having your first drink or like going to college or, or, and like, I guess in this scenario, it's like sexual experiences and stuff like that. And it's like, it's kind of like interesting to think about like how for her, it's like, no, I'm, I don't really, not that I'm not interested, but I'm not. No, see, it's interesting because I actually, I mean, I wrote this down for uh, the parts of the episode I wasn't a fan of, but I, I feel like I'm torn, um, you know, because the whole scene of, you know, they get reverse porkies, which I didn't <laughs> even realize what porkies was. So I had to look it up and I was like, oh, wish I hadn't. But um, <laughs> it's it's sort of a commentary. What I, what I thought it was is, you know, like phallic humor in comedies. Um, I feel like it's a really low bar to reach. Like mm-hmm. the whole, like there's so many, like especially like romantic comedies, like movies, there are entire scenes where the whole joke is just like, oh, they're talking about somebody's like private parts, right? Yeah. Like it's a male's private parts or a female's private parts. And like, that's the joke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and people make fun of Amy Schumer because like that's what all of her jokes are. It's just like <laughs> my female parts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so like a part of me, a part of me thought that it was f- like funny that the joke was how ridiculous repetition of the word is and like being uncomfortable is not like funny but then i also felt like it was kind of like maybe poking fun at annie's prudishness too she's like i enjoy being suppressed yeah i enjoy you know not being able to say what i want and like obviously that was like a reverse of the typical like narrative of like sexual expression um the other thing that i think that struck me was shirley's reaction to that Mm -hmm. like throughout the whole episode she shirley's like giggling at the thing and like very like kind of i don't know implies very promiscuous pasts and i feel like considering the next episode is about like how religious she is like it's just it's, it, it kind of seems out of place for the rest of the the series you'd think that you know she would be like the moral compass of the group like oh maybe mm-hmm. we shouldn't be doing it you know but uh i don't know that the whole interaction between you know annie britta um shirley the dean it, it stuck out to me it, and it wasn't necessarily bad mm-hmm. there are parts of it that i enjoy but it, like it was uh you know again uh, dick jokes aren't always funny, you know. Yeah. It's it's whenever that's the whole point of it. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought that was good. I think I no, I agree. And like, it's no, and that's interesting because like I remember at the end of that, yeah, like Shirley claps for her like after at the end of her speech, and it's like yeah, it's a very kind of like weird mixed message. But I was kind of thinking that like 
Okay, so episode one, sorry, season one, episode three. That's the women episode, and like, I, I, like that's <laughs> Ethan. And I always talk about like the deep lines of the show, but like that's one of those that really still sticks to me when he's like, you know, go kiss a girl in the middle of the day, or run run run, run naked through a puddle, but do it for yourself. And I was like, so there's a part of me where I'm like, okay, is this like kind of her like, oh, I'm gonna do adulthood my way kind of thing, and like maybe that's what Shirley's clapping for. But again, yeah, it's it's still kind of something I, I think about. Go for it. Yeah, no, I think that's a great part about that speech for Annie is I think I don't think we're laughing at Annie and her wanting to be uh, what is she? What's the term she uses? She says like with being yeah, comfortable, comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we're supposed to laugh at Annie. I think we're I think the point is that, like you said, Annie's trying to grow into herself. And that's something we've talked about on the show is like Annie is not the person she was in high school anymore. She's becoming her own person, but she's becoming her own person on her own. Like she's not going to be influenced by what other people expect her to believe she's not falling into kind of the typical way that other people grow up and maybe her experience wasn't the same, but like that doesn't mean that her experience isn't valid. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that she's not becoming still an adult and and learning important lessons. So like, I don't think the point is that we're supposed to laugh at, I don't think the, the joke is that we're laughing at Annie being more like prudish. I think the point is that people that want to be prudish and people that don't want to be prudish, like they both still, have experiences that are valuable growing up and his experience is just maybe not as common as what some people are used to where sexual experiences are pretty like common. And that's just kind of commonplace, especially growing up in high school. Like we obviously see Annie mature a lot through the show mm-hmm. and even in this first season, she's matured a lot already. So I think there's just value in different people's experiences. I, I think that for me, that was the takeaway of this maybe. And it's, I don't know if it's like a super deep thought, but just, I don't think Dan Harmon's making fun of people who are prudish. I think he's no, yeah. showing that there's You're right. value mm-hmm. I, in their experiences. I think a lot in Dan Harmon shows, it's that like he, he's he's really nihilistic. Honestly, I mean, like if you just if you just listen to him or watch you know any of his other you know animated shows, that like he doesn't really take a side. He kind of takes pot shots at at, mm-hmm. at every side, um, and just kind of shows the ridiculousness of it. And we'll see that you know in the next episode with comparative religion too. Um, and so maybe that's kind of the, the, the side of that, that I, I took away from it is the, you know, sort of the irreverent humor of like, I'm okay with being suppressed, but I think the larger context is that, yeah, she's, you know, she doesn't want to have to say it, you know, mm-hmm. that's not what she's comfortable with. Ethan, what you got for A plus scenes? So I, there's a couple of really good Pierce lines in this episode. Uh, one of my favorites is the, he's talking to Jeff in the study room and he's like she's super smart if you know what I mean makes a cupping motion like, she's got huge tracts of land <laughs> yeah. yeah and like I know we talk about how like physical humor and like we just talked about like sexual humor it doesn't always work but there's some times in the show where like especially with Pierce mm-hmm. it works because you're laughing you're not laughing at the sexual joke you're laughing at Pierce being the uh, one but, like mm-hmm. that's of course what he's not socially yeah. aware of what he's yeah, saying yeah yeah mm-hmm. not the socially aware guy uh, but I think it's a good one for Pierce and then he has another one later where he's talking uh so he meets Sabrina at the party and uh, he says, well, you must have a great personality. Yeah. And she's like, Take, she doesn't even know what's going on. She's all, thanks, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a like a little dig, like, you know, Pierce is snarky when he wants to be. And <laughs> mm-hmm. even if he's like kind of unaware sometimes and like dumb, he's also got some like really good digs of people. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Um, Shirley's got a good line in this one that I like. She tells Annie that uh, being a virgin in this day and age is something to be proud of. You're like a unicorn. Mm-hmm. And the, the line wasn't so much of like a funny line to me, but it just stood out to me as like, like there's kind of some truth in that, honestly. Yeah, think for sure. Um, and again, we already talked about like sexual experiences and, <laughs> and stuff uh, and how that fits into the show, but thought that was a good Shirley line. And then uh final moment from the show or from this episode that I appreciated, I laughed at was 
uh, when they're in the office and uh, they're like, everybody say penis. Yeah. Penis. And then the officer is like, she didn't say it. Yeah. But, but, but they like keep going, like nothing happens. So why did you? Yeah. They, like, yeah. They keep going say back. yeah. they keep going back to it. But just the way he like, she didn't say it. Yeah. It's like out of nowhere. And that's it's, his first line, I think, of talking. And shout <laughs> to that guy for being in the whole entire series. Like, yeah, he, exactly. He series. Officer Kukowski? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. What you got, Christian? Um, so for, for my first A plus uh, of the podcast, I only had two um, different quotes, but one of them was a Pierce line. And you're right. There's sort of this weird um, like sage advice that Pierce gives in a couple of different episodes throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, part of it is, I don't know, I, I feel like kind of what we know about Pierce and, you know, Chevy Chase in general it doesn't always feel deserved. Like he doesn't really ever get like his like redemption arc because mm-hmm. um, he leaves the show. But in this episode, uh, he talks about how like there comes a, a time in a man's life where he stops looking for a place to hang his underwear and starts looking for a place to hang his hat. Mm. Uh, and I feel like especially, I mean, like you're talking about like high school experiences, college experiences, even with, you know, the sex ed fair that's going on or the STD awareness uh, event. Uh, it's very much, you know, the hookup culture that, you know, even, even Jeff is kind of doing that with Sabrina with, uh, you know, she's attracted to me and I'm attracted to her. So let's be attracted to each other. Mm. Um, but Pierce like really actually likes, I actually didn't write her name down. Who's the, the Doreen? Doreen. Doreen. Doreen yeah. Right. I, yeah. I, I, I was thinking Diane, which is close, but wrong <laughs> sitcom. Um, what's sitcom? Uh, cheers. Oh yeah. 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 Nice. But um, sometimes you want to go. Okay. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, actually I was a little off key. Sorry. Sometimes you want to go. Oh, no. I, I, it's all, <laughs> it's all right. right. It's all right. We'll, we'll clear the pipes, but I like Pierce really actually, I think likes Doreen and he kind of doesn't treat her well, but I think it's cause he's, again, he's an old man. He, mm-hmm. He's antiquated, which is not an excuse obviously of like his behavior, which we never excuse Pierce's behavior. It, Doreen being in the episode had a good chance for her to say <laughs> a dig on Sabrina you know, just telling Jeff that he could do better than Sabrina because she thinks that the, she thinks Monty Python is the evil snake from Harry Potter. That was good. Um, <laughs> which you know the he's go eat trucks of land. That that whole quote is kind of funny now. It's double funny now that you know we've made that connection. But uh, it's kind of something that the the reference feels a little dated because this episode is like from two thousand nine and it's like the height of the Harry Potter craze. Um, but being a nerd, like I still like Monty Python and I like. <laughs> Nagini, well, yeah, from from Harry Potter. Um, by the way, if if our audience is too young to know what Monty Python is, it's a, a trope of British actors from like the 1970s. So you know, there, there's that. But um, I, I just I, I thought it was clever because you know I, I think Doreen subverts Jeff's expectations by you know being sort of intellectual and not being in it just for the the money. Um, and I think that he ultimately gets her to see that that she shouldn't just be with Pierce because you know. He's rich. Um, mm. But yeah, I thought she had a, a kind of a cool little moment to to make that dig. This is a way off topic, but you kind of mentioned at the end. Okay. So like, uh, was it, I guess last winter I did like a, just a Frasier, Frasier rewatch uh, <laughs> just by myself. <laughs> I watched like pretty much all on my phone. So like in my head, I have like Frasier sideways. Like <laughs> I was just like laying in my bed. Like, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> at like 2 AM. So like, you don't even remember most of the episode. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> it's like, Oh, remember the time Roz said, Something about our baby. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> but oh, uh, oh uh, gosh, what was I going to say? Talking about the the stripper. <laughs> you know the stripper. No, the the episode. I was thinking of uh, you know he. Uh, I think it's for Donnie's bachelor party, and we're not talking about community anymore. Um, <laughs> but Fraser hires a police officer as a stripper, and he's like giving her yeah, points on how mean. to. Um, you know, how to do her routine and then they get handcuffed together. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he's like, wouldn't anybody want to go out with me? She's like, Oh, I think I would. You yeah. know? And it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing, you know, like somebody that you don't expect 
to be like romantically injured. Like you think of like a call girl or stripper, like, yeah. they're, like they're these objects that they're not women, but they have personalized too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of an interesting shade to those, those characters, those pretty side characters. Kind of switch the same situation with, um, Quinn and, uh, Neil Patrick Harris's character, uh, Barney. Barney. Cause you mentioned Pierce and like how he has money and like, cause I was, re- I was rewatching Frasier and I was rewatching how much you recently. And it's one of those where it's like, now that I'm an adult, I think about, Oh yeah, Barney has a bunch of money and like, uh, you know, Frasier is like a really, really nice apartment in this, like a, you know, this beautiful like area in the city. Like it's just like something I don't really think about or now I do think about it as an adult, but like, it's kind of one of those things where like, I feel like we never really get to see much of Pierce's money actually used. It, but I guess besides his house, we don't really get to, I mean, we don't really get like an outside view of like his place or whatever. So it's, it's kind of interesting to like, you know, he's the rich man character, but like we don't actually see him really sort of like Frazier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like money. Like it's just sort of a plot device that mm-hmm. it just gets him everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like Pierce is one of those guys that really money is not what life is all about for him. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's what we're seeing. in even in the show is that maybe before community, before he comes to college, like maybe money was a big deal to him. And now he's trying to figure out what makes him happy. Mm-hmm. Money obviously left him, you know, he's been married multiple times. Uh, we know he has a daughter, mm-hmm. um, at least one daughter, but he has a bad relationship with his father. Uh, really doesn't have any friends. So we're kind of seeing that like side of Pierce where he, we do see the money as like a plot device, but he's not just like the rich character that just does whatever he wants because he has money. Mm-hmm. He's still trying to go back to school to figure some things out at however old he is, 60 something. Yeah, so. no, that's a good point. Um, for you in the class, I had Pierce. All the seven had good little moments, but I feel like Pierce overall. I mean, there's not a lot of Pierce episodes. We joked about that before, yeah. so <laughs> might as well give him his due when he can. How about y'all? I agree. I think Pierce is the leading the class just one in this episode just because I, he's a lot more mild in this episode for one. He's not really super like out there. I mean, there are some moments where he's you know, obviously very old boomer type, you know, behavior. <laughs> but I mean, for the most part, he's pretty mild. Like he even has some good, like you mentioned uh, the line about finding a place to hang your hat instead of mm-hmm. hanging your underwear. Like he's got some really honestly deep moments. And then his conversation at the end with Jeff, um, there's another line. I can't remember what he says, but there's just like a really good conversation that they have. And you really kind of get that almost like a sense of like a father son relationship between Pierce and Jeff a little bit, which mm-hmm. we don't, always see because Pierce obviously turns into a douche later in the, <laughs> the show, but I like that connection he builds with Jeff. I said that Pierce was the, the, the A plus student in the class. Cause it's, it's one of the rare moments um, in professional wrestling. We call it going over <laughs> the, 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 the superstar wins, you know mm-hmm. um, it's one of the few episodes where I feel like Pierce actually goes over, over Jeff, um, you know, cause you know, the, the start of the episode Pierce is sending zingers at Jeff and then Jeff is trying to zing back and then the group's like, eh, yeah, you know, maybe not. <laughs> um, and then even once uh, Jeff gets Sabrina to go to this date, Pierce is like, oh, so you're ready for our double date? Mm-hmm. And Pierce is like, or Jeff is like, oh yeah, wait, how did you do that? Like, it's it's almost like like Pierce is one step ahead of him in this mm-hmm. episode. And that doesn't really, like, that hardly ever happens. But um, I'd, I'd say that for sure. I agree. Yeah. Uh, for extra credit, I had, <laughs> I only just had one, but Ovid was wearing a hat that said ST defense, which is like, <laughs> so since we're all sports fans, it's like, just that's like, uh, in my head, I was like, defense. Like, I was like, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Where did he get the hat from though? Cause like in the, in, in the arm wrestling scene, he just sort of puts it on. No, I, I guess, definitely noticed that too. Like, yeah. where do you get that hat from? I, I, maybe that's yeah. kind of part of the joke. It's so meta. They're like, Oh, he's, he's a drunk now, but it could be. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Ethan? So one little piece of trivia I found out researching this episode, just cause I like my trivia is that the, uh, so the actress that plays the school counselor mm-hmm. and the cop officer Kakowski, they're actually the actors, the actor and actress are siblings oh, cool. in real life. And the, the counselor, like she actually is a writer for this episode. And I think a couple other episodes. Nice, yeah. So 
they appear in the scene together probably for that reason because they're siblings in real life, but a fun little mm-hmm. note. And then one little thing I noticed, uh, I don't know if it's really trivia, but do we ever see the outdoor eating area again? Like there's a scene where um, mm-hmm. I think Britta and Shirley are eating outside. There's like some picnic tables and like some vending machines outside, which is odd to me, but they have vending yeah, machines yeah, outside. Yeah. Like, do we see that outdoor eating area throughout the rest of the show? Cause I don't like that seemed unfamiliar to me watching this episode. Mm-hmm. No, they don't really use that shot that much. I don't feel like yeah. it's, it's sort <laughs> of like, uh, um, I mean, I think you mentioned it in one of the prior episodes about how it's the show writers are still finding their footing while running the show. Excuse me. <laughs> um, it's kind of like in the office, how like in the first season, there are a bunch of like background workers that you don't see ever again besides yep. the first episode. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't think that you ever, you ever see it again. Um, but so a piece of trivia that I found is whenever um, Officer Kukowski tells Pelton that there is a 597 going on in his office, that that is actually a police code for animal cruelty. So when Pelton's like, there's a dog fighting ring in my office. Like he's, oh. a, he's actually right. Like, okay. huh. um, <laughs> but, but uh, it's, you, you don't think that cause you think that Pelton's just an idiot, but yeah. um, the other one wasn't really a, uh, you know, wasn't really trivia, but I noticed that I feel like Jeff sort of reverts back on the lesson that he learns of like, Oh, maybe superficial attractions, not, all that you know important because then he you know later on the show there's Kendra at the QU who shows up in like (laughs) two episodes um I think one of the first episodes of this show that I saw in entirety was the second paintball episode the first time they do paintball yeah or maybe it's the second time anyway anyway um and Kendra at the QU comes up and I was like oh she must be a pretty big part of the show and then I went back and watched it's like oh she's only in one episode but it's Mm -hmm. very much the like um, the cheerleader type, the blonde, the pretty the type of girl that I would have been really interested in in high school. And like the older I get, I'm like, oh, it's not about like physical attraction, you know, because Jeff is like, oh, I can't carry a conversation with her. You know, I got to go make tinkles like <laughs> I would be I would I would I'd be it'd be an oopsie for me, too. You know, I definitely thought that Sabrina and, and Kendra with the QU were the same character. Are you watching this? I was like, oh, it's Kendra. And then like, oh, this is Sabrina. Who's Sabrina? I, I mean, about did, it in this episode. Did you see if they recasted her or not? I mean, I don't I didn't look, but I don't think Sabrina shows up, but I could be wrong. Really, that's what I'm saying. Like, did they just cast the same actress? I don't think I don't so. I don't think it's the same actress. But... I just think all blonde and females <laughs> look the same. In terms of like just like final thoughts and Martin Red, I thought it was again, just because being a sports fan, I, f- I found it frustrating that we couldn't watch Abed and Troy actually compete. Like, I'd love to watch a basketball scene with them or them, like, really race. Like, you know I mean, go ahead. No, I so said that, that w- I mean, we haven't really talked about Troy or Abed. And I don't think that the whole plot line with them was, like, useless. Like, I feel like you could e- easily dismiss it, like, oh, we had to find something for them to do. Mm-hmm. I think they actually could have, um, made the the narrative really interesting but i think they kind of went with that trope of like oh abed's the guy that you expect to be really nerdy and bad at sports but oh he's secretly really good at everything because like abed's so meta he's good at everything right and i feel like it wasn't really well deserved like you're gonna tell me that like danny pewdie who's like you know 40 and really skinny is (laughs) a better athlete than um you know donald glover (laughs) so what i what i feel like this is this is just me after i watched it i feel like it would have been interesting to explore because we see this a lot in the first couple seasons of the show that like Troy is obviously still like the high school stud athlete, mm-hmm. right? And he becomes friends with this sort of, you know, periphery guy nobody likes. So I, w- I thought it'd be interesting if in this episode, Troy and Abed go and do sports and Troy is better than Abed. And he sees that he's like, oh, I'm friends with this guy. You know, I'm not with the high school crowd anymore who are all these really good athletes. And then as the episode oh, goes on, gosh, have, have, have Troy kind of come to terms with like, oh, well, I'm not in high school anymore. You know, I'm friends with Abed, and even though he sucks at sports, like mm-hmm. I, he's still my friend, and I'm choosing to be his friend. Like I feel like mm-hmm. that would have been a better redemption arc yeah. than than and just a deeper whole, lesson and a deeper <laughs> lesson, right? Because then you have the whole like, all right, who's the best athlete in the school? 
it's Abed, not Troy. Which I which which I get, you know, everybody has their own thing in the show. Troy's the athletic guy. I get I get that, that that's the lesson. But uh, I just, I don't know. I just feel like that would have been a, a more applicable thing cuz like I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not athletic at all and I've made friends with athletes and I want to f- I'm I'm sure that's probably <laughs> well, how they felt about me like <laughs> man, what, what what take a look at this guy can't even swing a baseball bat like you know. I I, I just feel like if that was the the route that they would have gone, I feel like I would have enjoyed the episode a little bit more if that that plot line wouldn't have been so you know redundant overused yeah and it's easy for us to pull coals in the, the writers because it's been yeah. out for 12 years but yeah it's it's still yeah you're right it's i, I feel like that would have been funny to me mm-hmm. you know it yeah. is is you know and it would have been heartwarming and it, both at the same time rather mm-hmm. than just like she didn't say the p word you know yeah. but that, <laughs> i digress so i'll be the debbie downer i just i don't i don't buy the abed's better than troy at every mm-hmm. single yeah. thing they do yeah and i know the show is like out of all the things in this show that i could nitpick on like there's a lot of things that probably aren't very realistic, like them having a paintball episode. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't like, I agree. I think that would have been a, I didn't think of that, but that's honestly a good idea for an episode. I just, I don't understand why Abed is better at Troy, better than Troy at everything, because we literally never see Abed show any other kind of athletic ability. I feel like, um, in fact, if anything, it's the, it's the opposite. You know, I think of like the Halloween episode where Troy is the last person who's not zombified, you know, yeah. Yeah. It feels this feels like a plot line that they and I don't mind this plot line, but I don't love it. It feels like a plot line that they threw in there just to show that Troy is not like the everyman like macho man character. Um to show that he has some And then they never weaknesses. picked it back up. Yeah. Yeah. It feels I mean this feels like a season 1 episode where it's like it's the it's the typical like all right, the handsome guy doesn't have a date and he feels insecure about it, you know. Um the athlete is getting shown up in all the, you know, the comedic ways. If they would have tried to make this episode in like season three, I feel like it would have been a lot well more well rounded, personally. All in all, for me, this is probably like a five out of ten episode. Again, like I guess our viewers don't know this, but like when I watched this, I was just pissed about something. <laughs> so maybe I'm just sour. I'm just like, oh, this like <laughs> you start aggressively punching your keyboard. Yeah, that's the notes <laughs> that you get. Right. Like, <laughs> well, what about you guys? Oh, I was I was gonna probably give it a six out of ten. Um, I didn't realize that I should have put a out of ten rating. I give it a uh, seven drumsticks out of a KFC bucket. I don't. I don't know what, what that means. Um, out of the out of the KFC um, rocket flavor explosion rocket thing that's in the later season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think again, there there are some seeds of good character development um, for you know for for Troy and Abed, and I think even Annie, like you said, she's growing up. Um, but I think. It's not a bad episode if this was any show other than Community. Like, mm, if this is yeah. How I Met Your Mother or if this is, um, like, New Girl. I don't like New Girl. I'm sorry. But if this is, like, if this is, hot like, takes. Say it. hot <laughs> take, right? If this was any other show, it would have been a good episode. I feel like this is an okay episode for Community, you know? I feel like I'm, the Community set the bar higher later on in the in the series. That's well said. Sometimes Community falls victim to, like, the fact that it has such a high bar that some of the episodes that would have been, like, pretty good episodes in other shows or just they fall flat. But honestly, I think this one didn't really make me laugh all that much. Mm, yep. Like there's some wholesome payoff for really all three of the plots. I mean, you kind of a wholesome moment between Troy and Abed. And then I think the Annie British Shirley subplot, at least in terms of like girl power is a nice ending just because and we get a nice speech by Annie at the end about growing up. And then really the Jeff Pierce plot, I think has a nice payoff too, where we get that dynamic between them and there's kind of a wholesomeness between them, considering that they have a lot of conflict and other episodes, but overall, Outside of the wholesomeness from this episode, it's not an episode that made me laugh. And in terms of feeling like a community episode with lots of zingers and jokes and just great scenes, this didn't do it for me. Yeah. I'd probably give it a five out of ten as well. Excellent. And like, kind of like like I said there, like with community, something I love is, well, it's like, gosh, 
what, what episodes have we already gone through? But like, well, just like the episode with um, Chang and, or sorry, Brit, where Britta cheated on Chang's test, where it's like, that's actually very low stakes. Like it's a single test, you know, of probably like five they do in that semester for one like low level Spanish class for just a random student. But like, because like the way community does it, like it everything just feels like it has so much stakes. It's elevated, right? Yeah, it like just, Annie breaking in to the dean's office mm-hmm. just to look at the the, the dildo or whatever yeah. like in any, any other sitcom like it's okay just go ask the dean to you know mm-hmm. go look at it, explain to him that you're nervous but you want to do a good job like he would appreciate that like no 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 no. like this is i mean they call it reverse porkies right which is yeah. a whole movie about like voyeurism or whatever but you know <laughs> um yeah it's it's turning this you know really ridiculous situation into something that like is a heightened sense of reality, but you can understand what Annie is concerned about, I guess. On to comparative religion. What do you guys got for a plus stuff? There's a lot of lines in this one that I, or maybe not lines, some good scenes uh, from this episode. It actually made me laugh. <laughs> Start with the obvious one first. Which one? There's a lot of obvious oh, ones. Which, what's the obvious one you're talking about? The one that I highlighted. Oh, well, yeah, obviously we get the, <laughs> uh, the Chang legendary meme. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> which is another uh, example of a, uh, a meme coming from the show that I, I didn't know it from the show until, you know, you watch it, Yeah. which there's honestly quite a few more that have since the show has become big, uh, which I think we've talked about, maybe or we'll talk about a couple of good Pierce ones. Again, he just, man, Pierce underrated some good underrated lines, <laughs> even though I hate the character overall. Uh, that guy wasn't gay. He had a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pierce is talking about laser Lotus in general, mm-hmm. you know, and talking about energon cubes. Mm-hmm. And then whenever Britta asks him a question and he's like, well, just for asking that I'm back, back down to a laser Lotus <laughs> four. like, <laughs> I want to be able to eat a ghost. It's obviously a cold, but you know, yeah. Uh, Troy's got a good line, which I think everybody probably knows this one. It's probably one of the more famous like community lines. First time I got punched in the face, I was like, Oh no. Then I was like, this is a story. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of those that pops up on like, uh, you know, best community lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole Troy teaching Jeff to fight, that whole sequence of them in the like band study room or whatever it is. That was a good scene. It's a great scene. Yeah. It's just a great back and forth between the characters. The, the Forrest Whitaker face always cracks me up. <laughs> and then whenever Shirley comes in and they're like, we weren't going to fight. Couldn't think of another word. You know, like there's just, and Britta's got some great lines in there. Like yeah, the whole mm-hmm. sequence is really good. Yeah, Britta's got like some like sort of like deadpan delivery in this whole episode. Yeah. Like that's kind of her whole, like that's really all she does in the episode is just call it gay. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really done. You know, like, all right, Britta, put your top back on. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, well, we've talked about this before on the show, but like just the way that like smart Britta is just around like this, this first season. It's just so nice. Like it's mm. just, <laughs> you miss it later on. Yeah. It's series. <laughs> I love Britta. Oh, she might be my favorite character. Britta's the show. worst. Mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for her. Oh man, Britta's in this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I feel like I this is this is kind of weird, but like I feel like Mike the jock is somehow a believable character. Mm. Like I I I I wrote down. I feel like he's a guy who like was in a midlife crisis and took it too far. Like he found a spot at community at community college that he hadn't felt since like high school or something because. Mm-hmm. He has like, you know, his face turns red and he's yelling at Jeff. You know, he has, you know, the fingerless gloves. He has the knock, knock, my fist up your balls, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> but then like he walks in and he's like, come on, dude, it's instead. Like, even I know that. Yeah. Like, he like breaks character. But like, I feel like that's actually Mike, you know, mm-hmm. like he's like, come on, you're killing me here. So so I think one of my favorite lines that that Jeff said um, really, I, again, this is a, a line I think that would have been more apt, like in a later season, because he's like, you're just like this school. You're obnoxious, you're cramping my style, and you smell like French fry oil. 
and, and Mike's just like, I don't get it. Like, yeah. well, what was that supposed to be? It's an insult. And I feel like talking about how crusty community like Greendale is like really comes into play in like the fourth season of this mm-hmm. season, but it's still funny. It's a good comparison. Like who, who do you think to compare your nemesis to a college, you know, and using French foil, French foil oil as a, as a insult. Um, but I think the most clever, uh, quote is whenever Jeff is comparing religion to Paul Rudd, Yo, he's like, yeah. I get the appeal. Uh, you know, I don't want to deny it for anybody, but I'm not going to stand in line and wait for it. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm both religious and I'm like Paul Rudd. So like, okay, I, that's a fair comparison. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not like making Paul Rudd to be a religious figure or anything, but it's like, that's, that's a very, again, it's a clever comparison. It like is. they didn't say all oh, religion is the opium of the masses, like Karl Marx, whatever, something like it's, it's a, it's a fair like comparison. Like Paul Rudd's not for everybody. Religion's not for everybody. I get that. It's mm-hmm. for me. That's cool. But, we also get a sense of how like a little bit dated the show is because this is like pre like Paul Rudd becoming like maybe like one of the biggest guys in Hollywood at least for like yeah, a while after the like Paul Rudd Renaissance. Yeah, yeah. Because like, like, this is like I love you, man, Paul Rudd, and like Clueless, and maybe I can't think of the other like movie. Babyface. You know, just yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah pre Bobby like, Newport, but like yeah, pre Bobby yeah. Newport. But like once he gets into like the Marvel like universe and he's Ant Man and like everybody loves Paul Rudd. Like this is <laughs> I feel like this line. It works because I know what he's trying to get at, but like this obviously shows that if this show was written ten years later, it would be like oh, Timothy Chalamet or mm-hmm. like you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Bobby Newport has never had a real job <laughs> in his life. <laughs> Bobby Newport. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you have for you know Jonathan? What would you give an A plus in this in this episode? Um. Again, I was pissed watching it, so <laughs> I feel like I did a bad job. Nothing. I need. A, I need uh, fighting lessons from Pierce. Yeah. Uh. He's. Uh, Pierce goes. What are you, a North Korean seamstress? And I just love. <laughs> I love the idea of just like a reference for reference sake. Like I didn't take the time to look this up or like look up if he's like referencing a certain thing. Or I, don't, movie. I don't think there is one. I think it's just that like yeah. ridiculous of a exactly of like, an insult. Which yeah. is why Pierce's insults work because they come out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're oddly funny because they're so specific. Right. Yeah. It's like well, not if it's bad. Well, not if it's bad. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> for uh, leading the class this one though i had shirley um although i don't really like her angle that much and like just mm. her also this is okay you know it's one of those things where it's like when somebody points out something to you that's annoying now you can't unsee it that's like shirley's voice to me in this one where it's like she because she does like so much like the the nice like hello Jamie. yeah it's just like I want to punch you in the face. Yeah, like I can take it sometimes, but like now I just hear it every time. And it's like <laughs> I've I've shared this one with uh Christian before, but just uh, uh for any uh for any Brooklyn Nine Nine fans out there, watch out for like season three through season seven, where like J- Jake Peralta has like end every um <laughs> end every scene. Like every time they go to for, before a commercial break, <laughs> it's like Jake Peralta like giving like a oh no or like something a one liner. Like, it's yeah. like this is not necessary. You yeah. could get ten seconds out of the scene, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It could be like, it could be like Santiago being like, and that's when my father left us for the first time. And Jake will be like, oh my oh, gosh. Oh, dang. Cool, 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 cool. Like, come on, Wait, Jake. what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like once you can't, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. You're like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> so that's how I feel about Shirley in this one. But I feel like Yvette Nicole Brown is just doing so much work in this one where it's like, she just has to stay in that mode. And mm-hmm. like. Um, I feel like she just works the hardest. So I just respect that. So. I feel like we need to clarify. We're not slandering Brooklyn Nine Nine on the show. <laughs> oh, not at all. Love the show. Yeah, yeah. Andy Samberg's a genius, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so go, go ahead. I got Britta for leading the class on this one, just because I feel like I mentioned earlier, like the scene where Troy is teaching Jeff to fight, and like Britta's in there just like commentating the whole time, mm-hmm. and she's got some like really good one-liners. Uh, she's got some really great lines about just like how fighting is like gayness coming out mm-hmm. and stuff. But then she also has the great speech at the end to Shirley about like family and like she's gonna go support Jeff mm-hmm. and. I said it earlier, but I love Britta. Man, I love me some Britta. I 
I think she's underutilized in the show. I love that she gets her moments to shine, especially in season one. And this is one of her probably like top three episodes in terms of her like character just shining and like in terms of comedy she delivers, but also in terms of wholesomeness and like this whole sense of the show of like it being a community and a family like atmosphere. Uh, she, I think is the most important character for this episode for me, just in terms of that. And also the way she handles that girl in the fight is just awesome as well. Yeah. Like you can tell Britta's probably been in a couple of scraps before. <laughs> Up in New York. She lived in New York. Up in New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like Britta's cool, the coolest like character in this episode oh, and yeah. like in a, in the coolest character in, in a couple episodes. Cause like, like obviously I love Jeff, but like <laughs> when he got those first like couple punches by by Mike, I was like, oh come on, Jeff. It like, reminds me of whenever he gets beat by Betty White. Yeah, like, yeah. I respect you. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you fail. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. What about you, Christian? Um, so I actually had an entire like Dave Meltzer five star review written out, but then I decided not to go with that. <laughs> um, I felt like Abed was definitely a loser of the fight. You know, like I was trying to look at the fight scene in general. I watched it through a couple times, mm-hmm. um, because. Like he he quote unquote started the fight you know by not giving you know Mike the the cookies and I'm not I'm not victim blaming here but like he even says like am I gonna get some retribution from the villain and finally stand up for myself and he never does um, if you watch the scene like in slow motion when the um, Florence and the Machine song plays like he just sort of like runs around and like gets hit in the butt with a Christmas can- candy cane or something. Um, the only thing he really does is like stand there with a crane pose, which is like kind of funny because, you know, he's like movie referencing. But I was like, man, it would have been cool if like, y- you know, he just sticks his foot out and Mike falls and like they don't even fight. Like, it's just like, oh, this whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, Mike's macho-ness is outdone by Abed's, you know, cooler head prevailing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely thought he lost the fight. And I thought that Pierce also was a loser of the fight because, um, like going into the episode, I was like, man, Pierce Hawthorne and even like Chevy Chase, like I could reasonably see him in a fight. Like he, you know, he puts his dukes up. He like shows Jeff how to punch. Um, you know, he's like, he's, he starts delegating to to Troy and Abed, which is kind of racist, but that's beside <laughs> the point. But then like when, again, when the fight scene starts, he like rushes forward to start fighting, but he doesn't actually do anything. If you watch him in the background of the scene, like he, you know, kind of stands there looking around waiting for somebody to come punch him. And he holds up like, I think a severed uh, snowman head or something like that, but he doesn't actually do a whole lot except for punch Jeff. Um, so I was like, come on, man, like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw a few, few punches here, especially since, you know, your character work um, needs a little bit to be desired. But, you know, I thought, I thought, I thought Shirley came around at the end, you know, she had the, the hat trick of realizing like, Oh, I'm, you know, I've kind of been bigoted, you know, I don't, I don't, want to do this but you know if this is the family that i have i need to support them um and then you know it's december 10th and the guy with the candy yeah. cane <laughs> I, I, f- I felt like that deserved a win you know you could you could talk about annie spraying somebody with the um the powdered snow yeah, right or whatever but you know it, uh, all in all you know mike's mike's female friend was definitely the loser she because she got her butt kicked by britta um and then also i think jeff hits her too with something at the end of the I was scene looking for that i was like I wonder if they're gonna do like it's oh, it's 2009, <laughs> right? It's progressive, right? It's it's like one of the last shots that you see, but um, so yeah, she definitely lost the fight, and I think Mike did too. Ethan, what you got for uh, extra credit? What do you what do you guys got? Well, uh, interesting fact: Donald Glover is actually Jehovah's Witness, just like Troy <laughs> in real life, which didn't know. And then also just a little fun like nugget: Anthony Michael Hall, who plays Mike brilliantly in this episode, I might add. Uh, he's Chevy Chase's son in the Whoa. vacation movie, so a nice little like. Call back there. Yeah. Maybe a connection there. I'm not sure if that's why they asked him to be Mike in this episode, mm-hmm. but I thought he did a great job. That's some cool. I kind of wish we would see him more like throughout the rest of the show. I'm kind of shocked that we don't see Mike mm-hmm. show back up just because he's such a loud, obviously doesn't like Jeff. 
So like, wh- why don't we see him? I think we see him in a paintball episode, maybe. I think Christian and I talked about yeah. this. Yeah, he, he is one of the paintball. He's going to shoot Fat Neil or <laughs> Neil. Yeah, the yeah. Anyway, um, so I, I think if I could could wrap us up with uh, the extra credit, or have you shared your extra credit? Anyway, um, Yvette Nicole Brown is actually a Christian in real life, um, which is interesting, um, but she's definitely not as over the top as Shirley. Um, so that was, I mean, and we'll we'll talk about this with our marked in red, but I I really do. It does kind of. I don't know the whole like obviously this episode is called comparative religion, but you know the dean has Mister Winter as the secular, the non-denominational Christmas character, or sorry, holiday character, um, and the whole joke of like the PCness of it all, the political correctness of it all. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of a um, a thing with institutions nowadays. Um, it kind of reminds me of you know the whole STD awareness fair in the in the last episode that the. The college, the Greendale did, and the college that we went to, uh, all three of us actually did a like sex in the student union during the COVID semester, mm-hmm. and they like started like giving away sex toys to all like the like people who liked tweets or whatever, and they actually like got some flack from like other like university like groups, which is just sort of I mean like it, it's I get what you're trying to do like it it's progressive but whenever you're so in sync with trying to be pc right like it comes across you end up with mr winter mm-hmm. and the greendale human being riding in on a tricycle you know um so i mean it's it's not necessarily a bad thing i, I get the appeal to it but mm-hmm. it just it was just something i noticed from the the episodes well it kind of like speaking of that too like we kind of saw that earlier in the, in the series where <laughs> there was a line where it's like our color wheel starts with seal to seal steel. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, and like Jeff says it like like he's like oh anti racism is the new racism <laughs> yeah and like I was thinking about that the other day so we're all football fans and uh, Mike McDaniel's the new coach <laughs> of of uh, Dolph of the Dolphins he's mixed race but he's just very light skinned like mixed race and I remember I was watching a clip of somebody find that out on TV they're like look at another white coach he's like oh actually he's mixed race he's like oh, oh okay so he counts so it's like <laughs> the way they talk about it is like kind of gross sometimes where it's like. You know, like I see what you're saying, but yeah, when you're trying to be like so inclusive, it can it can sound like really because I mean I think the people who are sincerely trying to do it for the right reasons, you mm-hmm. know, trying to make everybody feel included, but then again, you get Mr. Winter and it's like <laughs> oh you're 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 trying not to step on any lines, and so you're just sort of floating off the ground like yeah, that's <laughs> weird for sure. Any final thoughts? Um, again, um, I for me, <laughs> uh, I just. <laughs> probably because i was just upset but i just i just not feel this episode um i had this i said five out of ten to be nice honestly like emotionally i was like at a three out of ten so um (laughs) but uh what do you what do you guys got um so if i had to rank it i would say seven burnt light bulbs on a string of christmas lights um you know i think that's a good thing i don't know I, i i liked the episode um again I know that the idea of Shirley being religious is paired as like her character trait, sort of, you know, how Pierce is racist. And like the thing that bothers me is that like people like that exist in the world. Like people like Shirley exist who are, who call themselves Christians and like all three of us are Christians. And I don't think any one of us would call like, you know, call the menorah a, was what it, like a Hanukkah holder. Something like yeah. that. Right. Oh, gosh. And, and yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know you were a Jew. Next time you can you say, the say the whole word. word. Yeah. Jewy? A Jewish person, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and so, like, I'm not trying to be like the triggered snowflake. I can't believe they put that in a like. No, I get it, but I, I, I do, I do take a little bit of like 
rub from Britta's whole like, oh, you're banning Jeff from the party. That's not very Christian of you. And just the whole idea of like Christian morality doesn't matter until you're using it to point out the flaws in other Christians' mm, morality. You know. Like, call her out on it, but don't act like you're using it superiorly. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't or like know. using it honestly. In this honestly, sense. exactly, yeah. right? And, and technically, you know, Jesus did tell a parable about a wedding guest who got thrown out of the party because he wasn't doing what was asked of him. He didn't wear the proper attire, mm-hmm. um, which isn't, was it? which isn't, you know, a parable about like not wearing a tuxedo. It's that the guy knew about the severity of the party and like what it meant. And then he still had time to prepare and didn't do it, which mm-hmm. is what I always was confused about growing up. I just thought like, Oh, well screw you for throwing out the homeless guy yeah. who doesn't have a, a robe. But like <laughs> in the context of the story, like the guy was thrown out because he knew what he should have done and he didn't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like technically it is kind of Christian of if, if you're loose, if you're a loose constructionist, yeah, yeah. right. Of, of that. Um, but I do get the whole idea of like, yeah, this is, this is your family. Like Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners, right? The people who weren't super religious the way that he was. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. So again, seven, seven burnt Christmas lights on a strand of light bulbs. So <laughs> yeah, Shirley is just too unlikable for most of the episode for me to really like this episode that much. I mean, I'd give like a six out of 10, but I just, she's too unbearable. You talked about her with her voice earlier and just the whole judgmental like Christian trope. I th- she comes around at the end and I think there's some good commentary there on Christian love and, you know, mm-hmm. family, but I just, overall, it's, I don't know. I don't know if it really works for the show in my mind, but it's not a bad episode. I think the ending is good. It's a good family episode, especially after we had the Halloween one where they all kind of come <laughs> together. It's ironic that it's all holiday episodes that do that yeah. for community, but just a good community or family feel, I guess, a good community feel for this episode. And I know we've talked to you before, but like Jonathan and I, on, I think on the last episode, like physical humor for the show, especially with like toilet humor as well, but like that doesn't really work for community. But I feel like the exception to that is this episode with the fight because like there is a lot, it's basically built on physical comedy mm-hmm. and then like getting punched and stuff. Pierce but kicking I, Jeff in the shin. Yeah, yeah. And like, or punching him in the face. Like I think it works for this episode just because it's so like, that's what the point of the episode is, is that violence doesn't solve everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, we're not laughing at like, Oh, that guy got punched in the face. I mean, we are kind of, mm-hmm. but I think it works. I know I am dig on physical humor a lot and how like it, that it's kind of a cheap uh, joke, but I think, the fight, the fight scene in this episode, I think, is great. So I, I, it's not a bad episode. It's solid, but not great. Probably a pretty good Christmas one, though, overall for the show. All right. Well, that is it for episode six. Uh, you're already accepted. Have a good day, y'all. See you later. Peace. <laughs>